podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Say it quietly, but this week's felt a little bit normal. The kids are back at school. The sun, when it comes out, has a little bit of warmth in it. And the Olympic sport is back in the headlines for the action on the track or mat or court. I'm John. And I'm Michael, and this is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast. And we, unbelievably, are at episode number 50. And what a weekend for Great Britain at the European Athletics Indoor Championships. We'll be joined by one of the medalists, and we'll also round up success in judo and taekwondo as well. We'll also talk sailing and netball. As always, you can get in touch at Anything But F on Twitter or you can message us on Insta and Facebook. We're at our own website, anythingbutfooty.com or you can get in touch, anythingbutfooty at gmail.com. Now, if I was going to select a town or a city, John, to host a major athletics event, I would definitely look for somewhere that's called To Run. Or Turan in Poland, which staged the 2021 European Athletics Indoor Championships this weekend. I think we both agree, generally, with a Great Britain and Northern Ireland squad, without the showpiece landmark names that we know, so the likes of Dina Asher-Smith and and Laura Muir and others, that we are beginning to hang the medals around the neck of in Tokyo later on this year. Without those names... It was still a successful haul. Overall, two golds, four silvers and six bronzes and a number of new names that will begin now to creep into the public consciousness ahead of the Olympic Games later in 2021. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. Third in the medal table, but more medals than anyone else. So 12 medals in total. No one else actually got into double figures uh, as well, but some really good new names, as you rightly say. And I have to say that women... And rightly, in the week of International Women's Day, led the way for Great Britain again in the athletics. There were medals, as you'd expect, from Holly Bradshaw in the pole vault, a name that we all do know. She'll be slightly disappointed that 465 was her highest. Um, She was the favourite going into it, but it's another medal and it's another step, as you rightly say, on the way to Tokyo. The sisters of Cindy Semba and Tiffany Porter, both in the 60 metre hurdles, um, absolutely brilliant performances from them, particularly Tiffany Porter with a dip on the line, which grabbed her a bronze. And they call her the masked sprinter uh, because she she's a pharmacist. And so everything that's going on this year, she knows how you need to be safe. And she wears a mask when she trains and actually when she performs. That was really interesting to see as well. A new name I wanted to bring up, someone you really, really rate, Michael. A new name, but an old name in Jodie Williams, the captain of British Uh, team a great performance two medals from her yeah absolutely fantastic I think she really did step up and she said after the event that she stepped up having been given that responsibility as team captain and I think just to put into context what Jodie Williams has has been through she's an athlete now in her uh, mid-20s but as a teenager absolutely prolific went on this massive long unbeaten run we were all predicting huge things we were thinking Jodie Williams was going to win Olympic gold medals at 100 meters or 200 meters that is what we were saying when she was a junior coming through the ranks and we do say that about a lot of juniors and that transition into the senior sport 
And what's been great actually about this championships is there's some of those senior names that have not come through that system at all that were winning medals. But Jodie has come through and she's had her issues. She's had big issues and we've spoken to her. We were both in Birmingham at the British Championship 18 months ago now. It seems, seems a lifetime ago, to be honest. But, you know, she has admitted that she's, she's had serious, serious issues. I think falling in love with the sport and making that transition and also dealing with that pressure that you and I and everyone else put on her. You know, she was six, seven years ago in Glasgow at the Commonwealth Games, won a medal there, and we were really expecting her just to make that step up. But what's been interesting, she took herself off to America, she refocused, and she took herself out of the spotlight, if you like. She took a long time actually out of the sport, and she's come back as a 400-meter runner. And I'm not going to say that Jodie Williams is going to be a 400 metres individual medalist in Tokyo, but maybe, just maybe here, she's found the event for her. That switch into the senior medals at 400 metres, and it was a huge big PB, 51.73 at these indoor championships. It's a bronze medal. So in world terms, she's probably not knocking on the door yet, but she's improving she's very much a novice and she did that run from lane one as well and I've always been in favor of athletes competing and performing and coming to championships and there are many and various reasons why some of our big names we don't see them competing very much but I've always thought the likes of Ailey Ailey Doyle um, and others that compete week in week out when it comes to the big events the championships I think that gives them an edge because they know how to win they know how to win medals and I think that Jodie Williams will take a tremendous amount in winning this medal at the European Indoor Championships even if in terms of the world event and outdoor 400 meters and Tokyo it's a ripple and also a warning maybe for some of the new names that you mentioned at the start some of the youngsters that burst through and won medals that we shouldn't go well these are now going to carry that on for the next few years they've got to as you rightly say move from that junior to that elite level and we've got to have an understanding of that and we've got not to put the medals around their necks too much but they did win medals holly archer 1500 meters bumped literally out of the medals and then reinstated on appeal uh, to win her her silver medal but really one of the big names that you will have seen in the papers was the 19 year old keely hodgkinson uh, in the 800 metres, she led a trio of Brits and held off challenges from two more experienced poles to win the race. Her first, in fact, she's the youngest ever British athlete to win European indoor gold at the age of 19. She's from Wigan. She's trained by the multi-medal winner, Jenny Meadows, as well. She is one to watch, but let's not quite put the uh, the tag on her just yet. Absolutely. 19 years of age, obviously a tremendous prospect, national outdoor champion last year as well. But there is an awful lot of running that Keely Hodgkinson is going to have to do to get herself into that very top tier of world athletics now. And, you know, if we start giving her the endorsements, we start giving her the attention, we start giving her everything that comes with winning gold medals at European indoor championships and everything else, we're going to put an enormous amount of pressure on her. First thing I would do if I was British Athletics, I would sit Keely Hodgkinson down with someone like Jodie Williams. And I would put the two of them socially distant in a room together. And I would say, talk about your experiences. Jodie, 
What went right for you? What went wrong for you? What was good? What was bad? How can we improve this system? What do you need now as a 19-year-old that will put you in the best possible position to perform and deliver over the next two Olympic cycles? And we will talk about the men in a moment, but one of the other highlights and actually started the weekend with a bang for GB on the Friday night was the women's 3,000 metres. Three British women in the final again, a brilliant gold and a bronze for Amy Eloise Markov and Verity Ockenden. Now, 25-year-old Markov from Stockport, but she actually lives and trains in the US, set a personal best as she held off fellow Brit Ockenden in the final lap. And the 29-year-old Welsh runner also setting a personal best as well. Now, we caught up with Verity, a very tired Verity afterwards. Sounds shattered, doesn't she? she I mean, she, to be fair, she ran a personal best, so you can understand why. She told us she took her good form from the trials earlier, just a few weeks ago, into these championships. The heats didn't exactly go as smoothly as I planned them to. I still finished strongly, so I was pleased with that, that I managed to kind of make the best out of the scrappy kind of race that it was. Um, I did get a little bit beaten up, um, spiked in the shin quite badly, but fortunately that didn't really bother me and yeah the final I just worked really hard to recover really quickly overnight um nobody ever sleeps after a race and particularly not before a big final like that so it was really important to just try and rest as much as possible to come away with a big PB after running very close to my PB the day before. Um, couldn't really ask for more than that. And yet I still feel quite frustrated that um, I was so close to getting a gold or a silver medal to feel that frustration is something I never expected to feel. I thought, you know, <laughs> to get a medal at all at a European champs, that would be enough. But, you know, us athletes, we always want, want more and... I'm definitely left wanting more after this. Interesting, Michael. She said that they don't sleep before a big race. I mean, that, that, that's like us. We've got a big meeting the next day and we're not, we're, we're not relaxed. We're not rested. Joking aside, it's actually, again, something that I think British athletics or the sports psychologists or the strength and conditioning people should be, be mindful of. Because if you're a major championship sprinter for example you might have to come through heats a semi-final and then a final and then a week later you might have to do that again with relays now i know we're talking there about middle distance runners but let's think for a moment that adam jamili who is we hope expect to be part of the the great britain and northern ireland team in tokyo we hope that he's going to finally get that major individual medal in, say, the 200 metres. So he's going to have to go through those heat semifinals. Final. And then we're probably going to ask him to do it again a week or so later in the 4 by one relays. And then he's doing that, if indeed it is Adam Jamili who suffers from this as well, without the proper sleep. We know, and we're not experts, but we know, and we tell our kids, my kids, I'm always saying to them, you need to, Get your sleep, go to bed. That's when you refresh. That's when you renew. That's when your body helps and heals itself. So joking aside, and, and I know she said it to us a little bit tongue in cheek, it's something I think that if we're going to 
and we are in the era of marginal differences and we hear about that in cycling a lot but if if we're going to be a top athletics nation we need to look at all these little details in the same way we look at nutrition and we'll look at starts and we'll look at executing race plans we need to make sure these people are getting sleep and getting it the right and the proper way we're going to hear more from Verity in a moment but I, I just want to take this moment to say that Michael needs a medal. Him and his wife have been homeschooling their two girls for the last two months. And both of them, in fact, any parent who has been homeschooling for the last two months deserves a medal in my in my mind. And it's interesting, Michael, that your kids didn't sleep the day before they went back to school and how tired they then were and how difficult it was then to get them to go. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's something that we need to consider. If we are sending the best prepared, the most highly prepared team to major championships, if they are not getting the right level of sleep along with everything else that you need to deliver at the top level, then then that is a serious, serious issue. Now, how you tackle that, what you are able to do with athletes the evening before a big race or whether it's you're still on a high after qualifying, let's say you make get a PB in your semi-final and you're on a fantastic high, how do we then bring you down um, to get you to see what what can be done? Um, And, you know, we are funneling in huge amounts still, despite all the bigger pressures on the country's finances. We are still funneling in, through UK Sport, the government agency, huge amounts of money into these various sports in the hope of getting those medal moments. Medals and more might be the mantra now from UK sport, but we are still looking for those big medal moments when it comes to the Olympics and Paralympics. And something as simple and as important as sleep needs to be, needs to be looked at, needs to be something that, that is on, on the agenda. And I have a feeling before Rio, I think they did a deal, British Rowing did a deal and had these like special sleep pods that they took out there for their for their athletes because as you say sleep is is so crucial so look you know we're not we're not criticizing at all because Ferity went on uh, won that bronze medal um but as you heard she was slightly disappointed with that and that, that's a great um reaction to have she also revealed to us that her hopes for Tokyo and Birmingham in the next couple of years but knows it will be tough just getting onto the British team really pleased for the other girls I think we're gonna have um some great competitions over the rest of this year as we all kind of battle it out for Olympic standards. I know that's what we're all going for now. People have their sights set on Commonwealth um, Games sports next year as well. Um, So I'll be going for the 5K and the 10K. And um, as long as I can get some funding together and do some extra things I haven't done before, like getting myself out to altitude. That's going to make it a lot easier to achieve those kind of things and really step up to the next level. But it's definitely proven to me this week that I'm more than capable of doing it, Um, especially when I get my head in the right place. And it definitely is in the right place right now. So very happy with the, the week's work. And so if you want to offer sponsorship to Verity or help with that training, just get in touch with us and we'll pass it on. And again, Michael, it shows you, you talked about the funding. Not all of our athletes who are performing and training week in, week out are getting funding from the government and the country. No, you know, you just imagine that anyone lining up in a British vest at the weekend 
live on BBC television would have had the opportunity to go and do altitude training or something like that. These simple things, but that's not the case. And British athletics and, and UK sport, if you like, as the parent are right. We can't funnel all the money into absolutely everybody. You know, we've got lots of other pressures on the country's finances at the moment. I do think sport and exercise and fitness and health and well-being is is very, very important. If you want to look at funding for nurses and doctors and the NHS, actually fund sport and you might help alleviate some of those pressures on the health service down the line. But you can't just give it out to everybody. And the country made huge mistakes when the lottery cash first started in the late 90s, you know, early noughties, where, you know, money was just given here, there and everywhere to athletes and they lost their hunger. And actually take an athlete like Laura Waitman, for example, who's in this cohort of of middle distance running that is so strong amongst the British women at the minute. She actually started performing better when she'd had her funding taken out. You know, she was still getting sponsors money. She was still getting money through the London Marathon distribute money, as we know, um, to promising athletes as well. So she wasn't, you know, doing it all on on a shoestring. She was still getting what she needed, but she was off that central program. And so... It's interesting that some of these athletes that, that aren't being given the the funding and aren't secure, if you like, in the funding are the ones that are going to the championships where the likes of Laura Muir, Gemma Riki, Melissa Courtney, Laura Waitman, Eilish McColgan, Lindsay Sharp, all these other you know, British women middle distance runners weren't there. They're all on the central programme. And some of these that aren't are the ones that are delivering the medals. It wasn't just a clean sweep for the British women. Andrew Pozzi in the 60-metre hurdles, Jamie Webb in the 800 metres, both picking up medals. And, of course, the standard men's 4x400 relay medal as well, which was great to see. Great strength in depth, though, I think, from the women's events, as we've mentioned, with with Dina coming back, Laura Muir, Katerina Johnson-Thompson, we haven't mentioned her yet, uh, coming back, of course, for the for the heptathlon, uh, hopefully. Although, of course, we did see the, uh, the Rio Olympic champion, uh, Tiam, back in form uh, from Belgium and, and looking and looking strong. But a quick word on the, the new leadership team of, of British athletics, Michael, because, you know, it was a first major championship for Christian Malcolm, um, Joanna Coates, Sarah Symington, Mark Munro. They've got some young athletes, as you rightly say, but they've got some prospects. And that's what yeah. British athletics needs. And Christian Malcolm is, is putting his team together because as we talk, British Athletics have made another couple of announcements. Darren Campbell and Tim Benjamin are coming in to work on the sprints and relays. So Darren Campbell will be doing the short ones, so the, I guess the, the four by one. And Tim Benjamin will be doing the longer ones, so four by four, if you want to look at major championships where they only race over four by one and four by four. So he is Christian Malcolm putting his team in place. He is getting some results. He's still fairly new in the job. I'm not sure being labelled the Pep Guardiola of athletics is a, a particularly helpful tag for him. And, you know, let's label him that in a couple of Olympic cycles when, yeah, he's, when he's, you know, produced the kind of results that, say, British rowing did over a couple of cycles or British cycling have done over a couple of cycles. Let's not label him that now because, you know, for every Pep Guardiola, there's a Dave Hockaday and... So the reference for Leeds United fans uh, there, uh, which I thought I would uh, just shoehorn in. It's a good start for Christian Malcolm. Uh, by all accounts, uh, very popular figure, very talented figure, a very good guy. He'll be very enthused by what he saw um, in Turan, to run in Poland over the, the weekend. There were some disappointments, though. Um, Morgan Lake, Jasmine Sawyers, 
Guy Learmonth, um, I think, all sort of disappointed. You look at someone like Jasmine Sawyers, didn't get on the team originally, didn't qualify, was added to the team, and then still failed to make the final. And Morgan Lake um, said afterwards, you know, it's it's a learning experience. It, it is a learning experience for, for those athletes that, that didn't come up with the, the goods. But, you know, Jasmine Sawyers was an Olympic finalist in 2016, she has great profile and that's good for the sport that she is the face of oil of ole and she has been on the voice and she does great stuff on social media and an athlete and we know this because we've spoken to enough of them can't be an athlete 24 7 you all need your release points you all need your your other thing away from the sport you know for adam jamili that that might be cars that might he likes likes his motors for jasmine sawyers it's it's her guitar, it's her social media profile or whatever. But you need to back that up with performances on the track, over the high jump or in the pit, as it is for Jasmine Sawyer. So I think there's, it's by no means for Christian Malcolm a job done, is it? We, we know that. Um, it's a good start. Um, and he's got some of his big hitters to, to come back in when we get to the outdoor season. And he's got to deal with the fallout for the likes of Morgan Lake, Jasmine Sawyers and Guy Learmont. People that we've been saying for a while are ready to break through, are promising, have meddled at Commonwealth Games, for example, in, in Jasmine Sawyer's case, Morgan Lake is, you know, someone that for a while we've talked about. But they, when they get the chance and when they're on the team, when they're wearing the vest and when British athletics are funding everything to make that trip right for them and give them everything they need to deliver, they need to do better than they did. Especially because it's so difficult to put these events on at the moment. And that's the other thing. You know, they're very lucky to be competing uh, at this level and at these championships. It was great to see that it was staged. So, look, we talked about the weather earlier, that spring is on its way and and there is a bit of... um, Hopefully some hope, as you say, a step forward, a spring forward for Christian Malcolm and the whole British Athletics team. It feels like a good news week for them. And there have been plenty of bad news weeks. And we've talked about them in our 50 or so episodes of anything but footy. But onwards, upwards and outdoors is probably the way forward uh, for British Athletics, I would suggest. This is Anything But Footy, episode 50. Well, they never would have guessed that, would they? Of the Olympic and Paralympic Sport Podcast. We're not in the nervous nineties, though. That's all I'll say. Yet, that's, that, that's a good. That's a good thing. We're we're um, in the half century. We're we're fifty not out, and we're not moody teens. <laughs> now, plenty of other Olympic sport this weekend. Amy Livesey increased chances of a place on the judo mat at Tokyo, winning a bronze in the under sixty-three kilogram category at the Tashkent Grand Slam. It took just thirteen seconds to defeat Bold of Mongolia. Her next competition is in Georgia in a few weeks' time. And we wish the best of luck to judoka Sally Conway, of course, who's a friend of anything but footy, who announced her retirement since we last spoke from competitive judo. Uh, Sally's career high point, I think we'd both agree, was probably the bronze medal uh, that she won in Rio de Janeiro at the Olympics. And, And the interview with me by the bins afterwards. And... The story that I don't think I'm allowed to share yet of uh, when uh, I and her checked into the same hotel um, ahead of the Team GB ball uh, with not a lot of time to spare until it starts. But that's that's a story uh, for another day and I won't embarrass Sally with uh, what I overheard her saying. 
Taekwondo. Uh, six British fighters were on the Taekwondo podium at the end of the Sofia Open. World champions Bianca Walkton and Bradley Sinden won their respective categories. Huge congratulations as well to youngster Chloe Roberts, who was victorious in the under 62 kilogram category. The 17-year-old is a former kickboxer and was European junior champion in 2019. Rebecca McGowan won silver at the weekend too. Double Olympic champion Jade Jones won the bronze along with Madison Moore and Taekwondo is a standout British sport. When you look at the number of athletes that get sent to these big events, go to the Olympics, etc., and bring home medals, Taekwondo must be one of the, if you like, examples in the UK sport handbook of, of how to run a governing body to deliver the medal moments. Terrific at it. Yeah, looking forward to Tokyo and seeing how they perform out there. The British sailing team, some who have already been named for Tokyo 2020, in fact, for more than a year now, are well back on the water this week for the first time in the 470 World Championships in Villamora in Portugal. Olympic champion Hannah Mills and Amy McIntyre defend their world title, competing for the first time internationally since August 2019 nearly as long ago since we last did the podcast. Uh, London 2012 silver medalist Luke Patience and Chris Groob, also selected for Tokyo 2020, are in action as well. And at the same venue, windsurfers Tom Squires and Emma Wilson will mark their returns to racing in the windsurfing RSX, which is basically windsurfing to you and me, European Championships. Good luck to all of them who are back on the water this week. Well, you mentioned that we've not been doing the podcast as regularly as perhaps we had been. Uh, that We have been working, though. So while we've got you there on episode 50 of Anything But Footy, I would point you in the direction of UK sport. Uh, check out Dame Catherine Granger's podcast. Excellent uh, episode of Medals and More released this week in time for International Women's Day. So that's well worth checking out. Sally Bolton, the CEO of Wimbledon, is one of the guests. And uh, Anne Fakula Strike. Uh, Amwakula striker Paralympian is another guest who speaks really well on that podcast. The London Legacy Development Corporation, the London Olympic Park podcast is also available. That's where it kind of all started for, for John and I. So it's nice to be back working with those guys. Their most recent episode was all about East Bank, which is a, an amazing development that they're doing in East London at the moment, bringing lots of cultural and educational organizations together and we'd also point you in the direction of a special edition of anything but footy that we produced in association with british triathlon called growing up in try uh, sophie coldwell and also george peasgood and ben dystra all talking about their journeys and their roots into triathlon so we have been working hard and those are just three uh, people that we would point you in the direction of wherever it is uh, that you get your podcast follow them uh, british triathlon the london legacy development corporation and UK sport as well. Let's finish with something that's not an Olympic sport, but it outrageous, is one of the highlights. Outrageous. It is one of the highlights of the Commonwealth Games, and I think would sit very neatly in the Olympic Games, but there you go. After a weekend's break, the Vitality Super League netball season resumes in Wakefield this weekend, and I am looking forward uh, to being there following the likes of Team Bath, London Pulse and others. And London Pulse, talking of them, uh, the club they are actually based normally at the Copper Box in the Olympic Park in London. They've revealed this week that they've teamed up with West Ham United women's team, the Essex Rebels basketball club, the Sunrisers women's cricket team, along with partners Essex Cricket and Middlesex Cricket, and also the London Lions basketball team to create a new collaboration. They've called it 
the Women's Elite Sport Partnership. And the aim of it is to support sports women in reaching their full potential, as well as continuing to progress elite women's sport to the next level in a sustainable fashion. And when we started this uh, episode of the podcast, it was all about the women as far as British athletics is concerned. Very apt as we record this in the week of International Women's Day and more initiatives like this as we come out of the global pandemic can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think because women's sport particularly needs to make sure that it remains top of the agenda and is being seen. And that's why it's great that Michael's going to be at the Vitality Super League netball at the weekend. It's live every match on Sky Sports as well, which is fantastic. And Michael will be uh, telling us more about that as the weeks continue. So good luck, Michael, at the weekend. Good luck to everyone going to Wakefield. And thank you for joining us for the latest edition of Anything But Footy. As always, you can get in touch, as we mentioned earlier, we're on Twitter at anything but F, or you can message us on Insta and Facebook. Uh, we're on our website, anythingbutfooty.com, or email anythingbutfooty at gmail.com. And the big news this week is that we no longer need you to subscribe. We need you now to follow us. So a bit like on Twitter, where you follow someone, Apple have said that they want you to follow on podcasts rather than subscribe so there is no subscription nothing like that it is all about following and we look forward to follow you following us on our journey into tokyo 2020 in 2021 sports social podcast network